This is the Blackout Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blackout Podcast where I get to talk to amazing people that do amazing things. And today I'm excited to finally get chilly because I've been trying to make this happen for months and months and months and months <laughs> but you've been busy and then there was covid and so thanks for coming to the podcast today yeah anytime thanks for having me on so um i remember covid started and i'm lazy but then my <laughs> wife started making me walk so we're doing this walk uh just around the block my house and then she's like oh wait uh, my friend of ours sent out this article and there are people that are making thousands of dollars during covid i'm like who are these people anyway so i read the article and i think it was from like global or like anyway city one of these on a um, news um websites and it's like an article about um online type sex workers making a killing on on only fans i'm like Mm-hmm. and then it turns out you are an online sex worker so do you actually explain what it means right because most people have a warped understanding of what it is yeah um so online sex work falls into the broader category of sex work mm-hmm. um and there are lots of different options when it comes to sex work some people do sugaring so that could be like a sugar baby relationship so um, so I'm going to actually break each one down. <laughs> yeah, so sure. what's that? Um, so sugaring is a situation where a sex worker might have a more intimate relationship with a client um, and they would provide things like goods and money um, to that sex worker. Sometimes it's a longer relationship. So this could go on for a few years, almost like a normal relationship would. Okay. But sometimes these are like more distanced situations as well. So it could even be just purely online. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. And so there's sugaring. What else? Um. So there's also dom work. So Which is? Uh, this is generally like done in a studio. So to be like a dominatrix. You... Not like a studio like this though. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely different, a little darker, a little spookier most <laughs> okay. of the time. Um, Wait, this is like that thing, um, uh, uh, gray, uh, gray. Fifty Shades of yeah, Grey. Yeah, 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 gray, yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> a very bad example of BDSM, but definitely the most popular example okay. that we have. Um, yeah, so Fifty Shades is kind of like how BDSM made its way into popular culture. Mm. Um so now you'll see like lines of sex toys that are Fifty Shades of Grey inspired. But essentially a dominatrix is someone who is in a position of power over their clients. So clients mm. will seek out dominatrixes or doms. Um, they can be any gender and um, they could engage in stuff such as... Um, I'm trying to find a good example. <laughs> yeah, I watch too much TV. And when you mentioned that there's a TV show, I don't know if you've seen it, it's called billions have you seen it obedience no billions like billions of dollars oh um i've heard of it but i haven't watched it you should it's really it's a really really good show um but anyway so there's this guy he's like the attorney general of new york right but his wife he has such a relationship with his wife where his wife is like controlling him and then sexually she's like uh yeah he likes pain and so when you mentioned that that just came to my mind yeah, yeah, pain can be a great release for people. Um, there have been some articles written on people who deal with chronic pain engaging in BDSM, um, either with their partner or hiring a dominatrix, because it can be kind of therapeutic to replace that pain with something that they're more in control of. Okay. Yeah. And so what's next? Um, Sugaring oh. gum. <laughs> There's so many, uh, so many different things. Um, I guess you would have people who are online sex workers, so like cam girls. Um Cam girls generally would be either independent or cam through a website. So there would be lots of different people camming on a website. Um, so independent, but like, you, what's the difference? Because you kind of still have to stream through a website, right? Um, yeah. So independent is what I do. So I do independent webcamming sessions. Okay. Um, so this would be through Skype or FaceTime, just like a one-on-one scenario with a oh, client. Oh, rather than like, um, you go on this website and it's like all these boxes and you pick one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I guess, would they be, what would be the advantages and disadvantage of the, you know, being independent and being on a site? 
Um, being on a site, you have the potential to make a lot more money. Um, so some people who do cam on sites, they can make literally thousands of dollars in a session if they have that kind of popularity. Um, and are committed to camming. It takes a while before you can build up your audience and often the way that campsites work, um, you have to be on for a long period of time every day of the week. Oh, so oh. you might be on for like a few hours every day and having to build that into your schedule can be a lot more time consuming. So unless that's kind of the only thing the person is doing? Yeah, yeah, basically either that or some people would do camming and then they also run an OnlyFans too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and um, you said like FaceTime and Skype. That's what you do. And mm-hmm. like, how do people know what your Skype is? Because like that's super private. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um. So essentially, I would have a client reach out to me, and they would express an interest in maybe booking a session. Um. And then I would let them know, okay, here's my availability. And once they pay, then I give them my Skype information and oh. go from there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you have to pay first. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a paywall. <laughs> mm. So um, how long have you been doing this now? Uh, it's been about just over three years. Three years. Okay. Yeah. But like, was there a time where you, you were like, okay, so I'm going to do this service and then you pay me or like you kind of knew that from the get go? Um, when I first started off, I think I was a lot more naive as most people are. Mm. Um, so I, I didn't take very long. It just took one session where someone was like, oh, like I'll pay you afterwards. <laughs> it's fine. And like, mm, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> Because then they're gone. But, <laughs> yeah. but like, because yeah, it's online and, you, you, I mean, there's really no recourse, right? Yeah. The person is gone. Um, yep. How did you get, like, what was the uh, genesis for online sex work for you? Um, like how I started? Yeah. 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 Um, well, I have a friend. She is very successful now. Um, but she started off a few years before I did with online sex work. Mm. Um she goes by Gwenadora, and she's very popular in Pornhub. Um, okay. <laughs> but we actually go way back. We went to high school together, and I was talking to her one night just being like, oh, like, I've been getting into boudoir, but now I've got all of these guys in my DMs that are, like, asking me for more, and I've just been blocking them. And she's like, you are sitting on money right now. <laughs> like, all you need to do is say, you know, like, these are my rates, and then you can see more. Yeah. And that's the best way to handle it. So I just kind of went from there. So, yeah. um, like, w- uh, was that, um, like, from there, just straight to Skype on FaceTiming? Or did you use any, like, streaming site before? Um, I've dabbled. I've definitely dabbled. Um, I was on my free cams for a while, and then I just got very tired of it because it is exhausting. In what way? Um, well, again, like like I had I'd mentioned about um, having to be very consistent. So oh, yeah. unless you're on there every day, then it's really hard to keep an audience. Um, and also, you do need to have a kind of persona, like a very engaging persona to be able to engage in that kind of work, too. Okay, wait, I'm sorry. I'm a guy. So I'm just going to say, like, when you say engaging, what do you mean? Um, I guess, like, <laughs> there is kind of like a stereotypical cam girl persona someone's that's very bubbly um they want to be your best friend and yeah i can see how that's a lot of work yeah just even you and you said i'm like so you're like happy all the fucking time yeah (laughs) yeah and i mean some people are much more honest with it if they're having a bad day they'll go on and just talk about their day and sometimes that can be profitable for them too because once you get an engaged audience um in uh, YouTube, I guess they would call it a parasocial relationship. Um, so I guess like that's something that most online sex workers are aware of is that people feel like they've built a relationship with you. And in some ways they have, but in mm. other ways it is like very monetary based. Yeah. 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 Um, so, your, you know, your friend told you, well, you're sitting on a pile of gold. And w- w- did he just like pick up right away for you or... Um, it was definitely a slow process. Um, so just getting started, I was just working through Instagram. I had kind of used um, Tinder at the time to do my marketing. Wait, how does that work? Um, well, Tinder is very anti-sex work. They don't like having sex workers on there. Um, mm-hmm. For, I guess, like some obvious reasons and also due to FOSTA and SESTA bills in the States. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so how are we using Tinder then? I don't, like... Because... 
because I mean you swipe right and stuff so mm. so when when you have a match then you just have a discussion about what you do or um essentially what I was doing was just putting um, my Instagram link in my bio and then I would make a bio that was somewhere along the lines of um I'm not using tinder often but reach out to me on Instagram and then people would go follow and they would message me and they'd be like oh hey like I'm interested in seeing more of you and then I would be able to tell them okay well here's how you can do that Mm. yeah yeah and so Instagram was kind of like the um frill for you did you like do you still do Instagram did you switch to something else um, I still mostly just use Instagram. Yeah, I'm lucky in that way where I've built a little following um, and can kind of draw from that. And people generally reach out to me for webcaming sessions. Um, I also use OnlyFans. That's where my primary income is right now. So only. Well, OK, yeah, my brain is like. But let's go back to the two laws you mentioned, right? Foster and Setsa. Foster and Sesta. Yeah, yeah. What? So, I, I mean, I, I read up, like, you know, just surface about it, and it's like, uh, it was supposed to help trafficking, right? Yeah, so that was initially how it was portrayed, was that FOSTA and SESTA were going to prevent online trafficking mm-hmm. of um, women and young girls. Um, but essentially, what it did was made it so that these sites like Backpages and... Um, like other sites that you might go to to find I mean, sex workers it's they like, no, closed they that exist. thing so yeah. that was the law that closed that page right yes yeah. yeah yeah um and since i mean like the information has come out that this has actually harmed um sex trafficking prevention more than anything because now it's like people have just gone kind of underground and it's harder to find where the trafficking actually happens mm. um another issue is that boston says to complete sex trafficking with sex work so Break that the one down. Yeah. yeah. Um, so sex trafficking is very much non-consensual. So it's a agreement that, or not even an agreement, it would be something, a situation that someone might get into um, where they have someone who is essentially managing them and um, the way that they engage with people for sex or like with sex for money um so these are generally like very bad and scary situations um and it's often very vulnerable people that get um wrapped up in it so often young girls and then sex work is very consensual so it's all based around consent these are engagements that happen between adults um that are looking for sexual interactions that might not be like you might not seek out these sexual interactions if there wasn't a monetary benefit yeah mm. so like and but like if the law I, I mean i don't know the you know language of those laws but if they're designed to end one how is it affecting the other one like if it was designed to end trafficking how is it mm. affecting sex work um so essentially what happened was when these bills came into place it made it very difficult for sex workers to advertise online um, so this really hurt full service sex workers um, in the sense that like now full service sex work is actually having physical sex with someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it hurt their ability to advertise online and also then criminalized it. So people can end up going to jail for advertising their um, businesses online. Um, it also mm. hurt online sex workers in the sense that um sites that offer platforms for online sex workers are now much more at risk of being taken down. So it's often that you'll see platforms being taken down or um, have like increased restrictions that happen that make it harder for sex workers to make money and work in a way that's safe and beneficial to them. So like I'm an online sex worker, uh, I'm taking decisions made on my body uh on myself but like um if it's the other way it's someone else is making all that decision for you and it's pretty much forced mm-hmm. yeah exactly huh. um so what i guess so uh is it holland anyway some european country where like uh um sex work is legal mm-hmm. i can't remember yeah. i think it's holland anyway but how would something like that work 
like where mm. um sex work is decriminalized oh my god um well i mean essentially in canada right now we have what's called the nordic model um and the way that this works is sex work itself is not illegal but um the buying of sex work is and so is the advertising so how does that work like it's um, a blue book so like the actual act itself is not wrong mm-hmm. but like like anything surrounding it is wrong yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> i know it's ridiculous right <laughs> um the way i've explained it before kind of like as a metaphor is like okay so assume that owning a gym is not illegal but going to the gym is legal. So in order to go to the gym, you might have to use a fake name and you might have to go at shadier hours of the night. Mm. And it just makes it a less comfortable environment for the people who own that gym and work at that gym. Mm. Um, So with sex work being um, illegal to purchase in Canada, often people will go through shadier routes to obtain it. Mm. Um, it also means that sex workers themselves are more likely to be profiled by police, um, especially sex workers who are minorities and trans sex workers. Um, so it just puts them in a lot more danger than what they would be if it was fully decriminalized. So do you think, is it more that, um, like the law, police, things like this, are focused more on full, se- uh, full, serv- full service sex workers and like less on online sex work? Absolutely. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So technically, like online sex work is completely legal in Canada. Um, so like I pay my taxes. Most online sex workers would pay their taxes. Um, wow. Yeah, but for full service sex workers, and this is kind of like where this translates into how sex workers were affected into COVID by COVID-19. Um, full service sex workers might not necessarily record their income for fear of being, um, where do you make that money from? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Like they don't want to get into trouble with the law. Um, a lot of times, um, they just don't want to face the stigma that comes along with that. So if you don't have any recorded income, then you can't apply for things like CERB. Yeah. You know what? I didn't even think of that, but that's true. Because, like, you got that. It's CERB, CERB worked, but you have to have been working. And yeah. if you were not, like, uh, if you didn't have, like, uh, like a payslip, I mean, you're not going to get a payslip from um, full service sex work, then you can't get that. Mm-hmm. So what were they doing like i mean and because that even in in during covid i'm guessing like pretty much shop is closed how were they coping then like would they Mm -hmm. transfer to online sex works then or a lot of people did um not everyone has the resources to do online sex work so unless you have like a laptop and a phone or a phone that you could even stream from then it can be hard to um do online sex work or internet access things Mm. like that um i did know a couple of full service sex workers that did start online sex work and it seems like an easy transition right like it seems like you're already doing sex work so it should be easy to do online sex work um but it can be difficult because you then have to build up your audiences you have to do marketing you have to do the technical work that comes behind um being an online sex worker Mm. yeah yeah so like uh i mean laptop webcam all that all that jazz and um let's go to OnlyFans. how does that work um, so OnlyFans started in 2016, um, and essentially it's like a subscription-based platform. So you have a web page through OnlyFans that people can then subscribe to to see more of you. So this could be nude content, could be erotic content, things like that. Mm. I know someone that has an OnlyFans and all they do is cook on there. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love like, that. Yeah, like, okay, so people pay to watch you cook. Mm. It's crazy. So, you know, so I guess people just, you know, when they hear OnlyFans, I think that's all the person is doing. So mm. um, I guess there's always this stigma that's just attached to sex work already. In your opinion, why do you think that is? Um, I think that, I mean, and especially in Halifax, we have such a paternalistic and 
often religious-based view around sex work. And that can kind of lead to this stereotype around sex workers that they're in danger and that they need to be saved. So it creates like this savior complex of thinking like, oh, these poor people, they can't do anything else. They're forced to do this. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of, you know, I mean, I... (laughs) See, my thing, like, I guess, like, just organized religion, I'm not even going to get into that. But I think people should be allowed to make their own decisions and, and, like, you know, at least let a person make the mistake you're worried about themselves and they'll learn from that. And kind of make, like, make it safe for someone to experience things and let's even take it back to sex education right or like um countries that or even provinces that are making it difficult for people to get contraceptions or abortions yeah. or things like that like you know all those things just kind of factoring even you know it's like it's this tiny ripple that just spreads out and spreads out when you look at it in the big picture um so you but on on the other hand you also study too mm-hmm. how do you balance the two like, do you have set days when you do things or? Um, so I guess like doing online sex work for me was a great way to be paying off my tuition while I was in school with a schedule that worked for me, was mm. flexible, was something that I could do from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess like where I kind of am making my own hours, I can still like prioritize the stuff that I need to get done and then also be making money on the side. Yeah. Mm. And what's the big plan? Um, in the end, I guess like after, cause I'm doing a degree in um, public relations right now. And essentially what I would like to do in the long run is work with sex work advocacy groups and potentially sex toy companies. Sex? Yeah. To make or market or make? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh yeah. okay. So like kind of your branded, you know, like chili wand or some shit. I mean, I would love that in the <laughs> long run, but <laughs> I guess like um working with like existing companies too to do their marketing mm, yeah mm, mm. i think that there's um there are a lot of flaws when it comes to sex toy marketing um, no way. well i mean sex toys it's an unregulated market essentially so you might buy a sex toy and think oh this is safe to put inside me because that's what it's meant to do but the reality of that is that um a lot of sex toys are made with materials that are not body safe so it means that this can lead to infections. Uh, oh, yeah, it can yeah, yeah. lead to, I mean, like there's like certain materials that are toxic. So this getting directly into your system is not good at all. Like stay away from jelly dildos, please God. Really? <laughs> oh, like the, why? Um, is it the material it's made from? Yeah. So it's made from like a non-porous or sorry, a porous material. Um, and you're always going to want to look for non-porous materials. So wait, 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 you're going to Venice and VC. Mm-hmm. Um and then you know you have to fucking read the label. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Well, Venus Envy is awesome. Um, the people who own Venus Envy are really conscious of what they're buying and oh, selling okay. to people. So 100% recommends. Um, you walk into there and you know everything's going to be body safe. But mm. if you're ordering online, if you're walking into a shadier sex shop, then you really have to take a look and be like, <laughs> "Is this okay to put inside of me?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Um. So well. Not Venus Envy, but some store or Amazon. Mm-hmm. What what should you look for in the label? Like, what's safe? Uh, silicone, glass, metal, all of these things are generally safe. Um, yeah. So that's why those ones are expensive. Yes. Uh, yeah. Not always. You mm. can find some inexpensive silicone toys. But, okay. Yeah. Silicone, glass, and metal. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a rock, rock band scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And coming up next, Silicon Valley. <laughs> oh, Maybe like a badass, like feminist metal band, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, you know, when it comes to the advocate advocacy for sex workers, just in general, for you, what are some ways you think you would approach it, and what are some things you do? Um, I think prioritizing sex work voices um, and bringing intersectionality into 
um, conversations around sex workers' rights are really important, really important things. Um, Before you continue, when you say mm -hmm. prioritizing sex uh, workers' voices, what ways could that be done? Um, Well, I guess, like, right now, like, most of the popular conversation, like, around um, things like Bill C-36, which is um, what we have in Canada... Um, for sex workers' rights. And, like, that's what has created the Nordic model, essentially. Um, it really does view sex workers in a way that is victimized. Oh. So I think, like, getting sex workers to speak for themselves and say, like, hey, like, I like what I do, and these are the things that I actually need, and this is how, like, my country can help me. This is how, um, like, the society can help me. And... Um, having like sex worker run organizations I think is really important as opposed to people who are coming in outside of the profession thinking like oh like we know what we need to do here you know <laughs> so um are there any of these bodies that for sex workers um like these organizations yeah. yeah um there's actually one in Halifax called Stepping Stone Stepping Stone yeah oh what do they do um so Stepping Stone advocates for sex workers and people who have left sex work or want to leave sex work, also people who have left or are wanting to leave sex trafficking situations. Um, so they're super non-judgmental. You can walk into Stepping Stone, you can get condoms and lube and um, have conversations that you feel like you need to have without that feeling of judgment. Are they online? Um, they are online. I know that they have an Instagram account. I'm not sure it's active, but they do have a Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. Stepping Stone. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Check it out. Um, and how long have they been in the city? Do you know? I honestly don't know. Oh, yeah, okay. Not sure. Okay. And so is, is it just them or are there other bodies that you know of? Um, Stepping Stone is the only, um, organization in Halifax. Mm -hmm. um, there are other bodies in other parts of the country. Um, Maggie's in Toronto, um, in partnership with the Butterfly Effect, was very vocal during COVID-19 um, in building, like, relief funds for sex workers. Mm. Yeah. Oh, 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 mm. yeah, that's, yeah, that, I mean, COVID, like, really, really messed a lot of things for a lot of people. So, and the thing is, when you're going through shit, you really just, I'm thinking on my own shit. I'm not really going to think of other people. But I think that's something we need to get better at. Uh, like, especially people that are marginalized and just for shitty reasons, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I don't, it's kind of funny. Um, I, I had this conversation, like, some, some time ago, and I might fuck it up. But it's something like... <clears throat> Why is it a problem if I'm making money with stuff? So, like, I can make money with, you know, my hands, for instance. Like, I can paint. Mm -hmm. And then I get paid for that. But if I'm, like, uh, an amazing whatever I do with my body that is something you feel is immoral, then it's wrong. Like, it doesn't, yeah. you know. It's like, I'm a painter, but I just paint with different parts of my body. Why is that an issue? And I think that is... I think... It's people that don't go through it or live through it that are the people that are up in arms against it. Mm, yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a really good point that often people who are very anti-sex work don't have any experience with it or often have negative feelings around their own sexuality. Mm. Um, and that comes, that can come from growing up in a religious background where sexuality is demonized. You're made to feel bad about sexuality. And then sometimes when you see other people who are fully expressing their sexuality, it can create feelings of either like jealousy or resentment even, um, or thinking like, I can't do this. So why can this person do this? Mm. Yeah. Do you find that, um, I guess, no, no. So, <clears throat> let's go back to OnlyFans. So, it's, like, subscription-based. Um, so, and then how is it paid? Like, do you get paid monthly or is it every two weeks? Or how does, or is it, like, when you get to a certain amount, then you get paid out? Yeah, um, so it is, it's exactly that. Um, OnlyFans used to be, um, it was, like, a $100 limit. So, then you could make up to $100 and then you're good to be paid out. But they did recently up it to $200. I think they had run into issues um, either with like credit or 
banking where whoever was the uh, voice of authority there did not support what they were doing. So they had to switch um, the system that they were currently using. Um, so yeah, it's $200, but you can go above that and then choose when you get paid out and it just takes a couple of weeks to process. Okay. So he's like, he goes directly into a bank account or, yeah. and then how do you bill your tax? Cause you see you pay taxes. Like mm-hmm. how does that work? Um, so I would list myself as self-employed. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Initially I went to an accountant, um, the first year and then that was like a lot of money. <laughs> So I ended up just like teaching myself how to do that myself. Oh, wow. Isn't that Um, a lot of work though? Um, it's not that much work. Yeah, no. Okay, I, I guess I'm just, just lazy because like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you know, when it's that time of the year, you have to get all these receipts and do all this. I'm like, fuck mm. it, I'll just give somebody to do. But I guess you know you're super diligent because I, I I would I lose my mind. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's like it's a pain in the ass come tax season because you have to like go through all of yeah. your transactions. And you're like, oh my god, like how much did I make here? And then it's always like, fuck, now I have so much money to the government. <laughs> so with, with OnlyFans, um, like, is it? So say say I have a page, I have fifty subscribers. They all pay the same amount, or how does or like are they different levels? You know. Like level one, you pay ten bucks. Level two, yeah. um, some people do that, um, especially with Patreon. Although Patreon is not necessarily sex worker friendly, some people do still use it. Mm. Um, so you could have like different subscription levels. So maybe like five dollars a month gets you a free nude, and then you know go up and up and up. Mm. Um, with OnlyFans, it's just like one base rate. Okay, and then you can send out paid messages or paid posts too. Um, what are those ones? Um, so those would be like if you made a video, then you could post that on your OnlyFans, and someone could pay however much and see it. Yeah. Um, do you set the amounts they pay or? Yep. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. So um, how do you? I guess this is one. You know what? Like when you run a business, one of the most difficult things is costing stuff. Like how do you decide mm-hmm. the price for stuff? Like how do you decide mm-hmm. I'm going to charge? I don't know, five bucks a month or, or for this video, I'm going to charge 20 bucks. Um, it totally relies on whatever your comfortability is really. Um, so everyone sets their own rates. They're pretty standard rates, mm. um, for only fans anywhere from like $5 a month to $25 a month is generally where you see people's pricing. Mm. Um, but you can charge however much you want really. So does that, do you find like, have you always had the same rate or like if you've changed your rate, did you find when you went up or down people like, did it affect the numbers of subscribers? Um, so for myself, I have always kind of followed the mentality that like, I need it to be worth it for me for risk. So I set my subscription at 25, which is a little higher on the end of um, the scale, but I feel like that's more worth it for me because if someone's paying $25 a month, then like I know that they're good for it, basically. Like they're not going to pay, you know, it's like having another phone bill or some kind of bill added to your monthly payments. Mm. Um, whereas if you have content that's super cheap or free, then sometimes you run into the risk of people reposting. What's this? Um, so there are people who will just repost content from, uh, people's only fans. So like, is this people that subscribe to you or other people that have like other sex, sex workers or? Oh no, it would generally just be like people who subscribe or, um, people who are, Say, like, if you posted a video for free on your OnlyFans, which you can do. Some people have free OnlyFans accounts and then just use paid content to make their income. Mm. Um, so they might take all of your free content or your content that's relatively inexpensive and then repost it somewhere. Is that what happened with the leak, like, leak that happened? Because, like, I don't know, months ago there was something with OnlyFans and there was a leak, but it wasn't a mm. leak. It was just, like, a whole data dump of videos and stuff gotten off only fans is that something like that ha- that happened um this kind of thing like it happens uh fairly frequently where mm. people will take content from only fans which sucks and then they'll post it for free or they'll try to resell it um there was actually a model in the industry she had tweeted 
I think it was yesterday, about how someone had stolen her content and then had resold it for the same price. What? Yeah, I know. So, so. we're like, uh, and now the person buying it doesn't even know that it's a fake person. Like, mm. that is not the real person. Most of the time, people do know. And that's, like, the unfortunate thing is that sometimes that's, like, almost, like, fetishized for some people. The fact that, like, it's being taken because they feel like they're, like, taking advantage of these people in a way. Uh, yeah, it's pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Um, so, and, and like, with... Um, who shoots your content? That's the other one. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, what is the process for making the content you do? Um, so I am totally self-produced, um, but between me and my partner, like we do the filming. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's okay. good to have someone to just be like, you know, who knows my angles and <laughs> <laughs> just like step in and <laughs> take the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and do, like, so you have a partner, was mm-hmm. it like, was it, has it ever been awkward? Um, I think we have a really good level of communication Mm. and we've always had a really good level of communication. When I was initially starting to look into dating, like into a serious relationship, I knew that this wasn't something I wanted to stop. And sometimes that can become an issue for people who do sex work where when they get a partner, the partner will expect that there's an end date. Uh. (laughs) so it's like oh you have me now so (laughs) you don't need to keep doing this but you know it's a big part of my income a big part of how i'm paying off school and uh i enjoy it Mm. so what do you enjoy about it um i think for one the creativity because like it's just like a really great forum to be super creative to engage Mm. in sexuality in a creative way and to have um like educational conversations like I wouldn't consider myself a sex educator because I haven't gone to school for sex education I haven't taken sex education courses um but I've educated myself and being able to have conversations with people who are sometimes afraid of their own sexuality or um ashamed of it like Mm -hmm. often in particular um with cis men like there can be a fear around prostate stimulation and just being able to normalize that and make people feel like, no, you're not weird for liking this. This is a super normal part of sexuality and Mm. you get to enjoy that. Yeah. So that's pretty fulfilling. Mm. And, um, I guess reading this article, I think it was global. I don't know. Yeah. So it was. Okay, cool. Um, and, um, the income was nuts, right? Mm. <clears throat> so you, like, whatever you're making, most of it is going to pay. Schools are expensive. I hate school. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, so it goes to that. Um, what are some fun things you do with the money you make? Other than school? Um. Well, I mean, like, pay my bills. <laughs> That's one. Um, and I guess uh, buying more tools of the trade. Like, I would love to write things off as a business expense, but unfortunately, like, that's, you can't do that as a sex worker. Why not? So, I don't know. But, no, I don't understand. Yeah. So, like, if you, if you, I mean, you can't charge VAT, I'm guessing. Do you, can't. You can't? Can't charge for. VAT, like, ta- like, uh, VAT, like, uh, um, extra tax on whatever it is you're selling you cannot do that but like if you buy say a new laptop you can't call that a business expense you can for laptops and uh like technical things so if i bought a camera lighting you come for a dildo like that, or not something. for dildos yeah <laughs> i know right like <laughs> but it's, it's like it's literally for work though yeah yeah so um how did they decide what is allowed like um, I honestly think it was just a bunch of white men together being like, eh, I don't no, think that we can write this one off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so with, uh, I guess, so with OnlyFans, you kind of control what you put out there. Uh, actually, you control everything you do. But like when someone reaches out to you to say, oh, I want to do FaceTime or Skype and stuff, they kind of have, particular things they want like mm-hmm. do you get weird requests i do yeah <laughs> yeah no, i know i definitely do and i guess like weird subjectively yeah yeah yeah, yeah. definitely weird to you mm. Mm. um i would say like i mean foot fetishes are pretty common like pretty surprisingly common um but sometimes like 
So yeah, I don't know. I'm breaking it into courses. So food yeah. fetishes in- means or includes. Um, so this would be people who are like sexually aroused or like turned on by feet. Mm. Um, so this might involve like foot worship. Sometimes this can be like a part of like a doming session or um like a sex work session where someone might just like come in and want like either a foot job or um just to like straight up rub someone's feet for an hour okay yeah okay and so i mean those ones you said no weird but like what weird thing like when i mentioned weird what came to your mind um I guess, like, less so weird for me, mm. um, but more so interesting, I okay. think, is with... Um, I do, like, a, a fair amount of doming online. So I've had clients in the past who have, like, regularly asked for um, content that's directly degrading to them. So, um, for example, I had one client who wanted me to make a video as mm. if we had just gone out on a date and I came home and was basically telling him that he wasn't good enough for me, dick wasn't big enough for me, and comparing him to other people that I had slept with. You know, yeah. That's super specific. Yeah. Um, when when someone asks for something that specific, like, is that like a video or just like during the chat or? Um, both. Oh, yeah, oh okay. Both. When someone asks for a video, do they ask for, sorry, like with videos, like, you know, kind of that's my realm um do they ask for duration or just you have to say specific things like it has to be uh, like a 10 minute video or you just have to say this thing um i generally um will give them two options so either like a five minute video or a 10 minute video okay um and like the rates would differ based on that Mm. um and then on top of that, they'd be able to submit requests, too. Okay. So if they have a particular thing they want me to say or do, then that, yeah, that's what I would tailor it to. What are your mindset you have to get to do something like that? Because it's not like you believe it, right? It's like you're mm. pretty much asking. So, like, is does it take a lot of work to get into that state of mind? Um, I think, like, I'm kind of naturally inclined to be good at dumb work um, <laughs> <laughs> so like it works well for me um but yeah there definitely is a certain hype up that you have to do especially before camming like and that was part of why I didn't stick with it um like the my free cams website just because like you really need to be like okay I'm on top of the world I'm super sexy I feel great about myself and now I'm like ready to spend the next three hours with a bunch of strangers who might not even be chatting in the chat box, and I just have to keep talking to myself. Wow. <laughs> so, so, wow, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a lot of expectations. Yeah. Um. Then, so like maybe before this relationship, or did you ever find like your online sex work life uh, blend with your physical sex life? Um, well, I guess, like, even before my partner, I had used, um, like, other partners to help with content creation. Um, and even, like, aside from that, like, I integrate BDSM into, like, my personal sex life. So there is, like, a bit of a blend there, too. Um, and now, like, with my partner, it's nice to be able to say if like we're trying something new then we're like oh we should film this (laughs) you know this is interesting someone would like this (laughs) (laughs) and and then um so like that thing you film can now just be so you'd film it and then you say i have the content for sale or Mm -hmm. or you just put it on your on your page um both yeah so sometimes if it's like a longer clip then i'll sell it as an additional fee and then if it's like a shorter clip or photos then i'll just put it on my only fans okay yeah so now someone pays x amount what what do they get for that month um so like with my only fans yeah. um it would be 25 dollars a month they would see all of the content that i've ever posted and then on top of that i upload pretty regularly okay yeah. like how regularly do you um about once every one or two weeks okay. sometimes twice every i kind of like just free and honestly <laughs> like, <laughs> just go with the flow <laughs> whatever content is coming I'll just, I'll just yeah. so um and do you like have other online sex workers that you're friends with not necessarily just mm-hmm. in the city but just online too yeah yeah actually um i had gone on a trip to miami for the expiz conference what was that 
Um, so Xbiz is like a, I guess like online sex work organization, I guess, um, like a porn organization. Um, and they have awards every year for say like best BBW or best like girl girl clip or whatever it is um so we went down for that because they were also having the conference there so it's like this massive gathering of people who are involved in online sex work and porn Mm. um yeah and I was able to meet a lot of people there who were involved in the same thing and um we ended up um it was with a group that had rented a house and we got to film content there and just hang out and talk about the incidents do you um have particular like cameras you prefer or it's just like whatever is your phone you have um i use both my digital camera and my phone um i think the nice thing about online sex work is that it doesn't really matter what you have like if you just have an iphone then you can still like make it to the top um Gwenadora, who I had previously mentioned, who had kind of inspired me to get into sex work, she primarily uses her iPhone. And she's, like, winning awards, like, making that money. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's totally possible. Well, is she all, like, in Canada, too, or...? Oh, yeah, oh, she's okay. based in um, just outside of Toronto. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, So, I mean, we've talked about, like... Um, the Nordic model thing Mm -hmm. and I guess what would make it better? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that most sex workers are on the page that full stop decriminalization is the way to go. So basically tax sex work? Um, I guess like not like legalization. So like some people think like oh legalizing sex work is um, the best option but I would say that, like, with legalization also comes paperwork and also comes, like, authority figures telling you, like, who and who is not a sex worker. I I wonder what all this is going to be like. You can do this for two minutes, but you can't do this for 22 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think, like, decriminalization really just, like, gets to the crux of the issues. Um, There's an article that I had noted... <laughs> yeah, so Jasmine Sinkoffa um, wrote an article called From Margin to Center, Sex Work Decriminalization is a Racial Justice Issue. Um, and here she's talking about how, um, like in this article, how black and uh, cis and trans um, women are at most risk of violence when it comes to being profiled by the police mm. um, as sex workers. So with um criminalizing sex work it's already like you're already at a disadvantage and then it's like being you know like a a person who is a minority like you're at a further disadvantage and the police are not going to help you in most situations Mm. um but with decriminalization at least then it's like okay like you're not in any legal wrong here um so you have that to your advantage um and i think then it also like creates more open conversations to be had about sex work. Mm. So, um, for example, like clients who might be tempted to go through shadier avenues to obtain sex work or to obtain sex trafficking, like then um, they know that there are options that exist that like they don't have to feel scared about seeking out. So like they're not going to be penalized for acquiring these services. Mm. 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 So basically, do you- I can't say that word. Decriminalization is basically making it not how people see it today. Because people say that is bad and you shouldn't be doing it and you should go to jail for it. Mm. But it sounds like it's less that, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, do you see that happening? Um, I think that there are conversations being had about the importance of decriminalization much more openly now. Um. And especially where, come like this November, it'll be five years since Bill C-36 came into um, action. And then it will be up for consideration, like, as to whether it stays or goes or how it gets adapted. And I think that that shift will create, hopefully, an open dialogue for um, what could best suit sex workers' needs. Mm. So, like, do you see any advantage to having 
a sex worker or former sex worker or like a proponent of sex work being in say the parliament or something um i think that like these conversations definitely need to need to be had at a government level mm. but there needs to be sex worker representation in those conversations so if you just have like a room full of people who are not sex workers mm. having these conversations it's not helpful mm-hmm. because it doesn't get to um the real issues at hand and like how to best go about solving them so with pr yeah. and stuff and like your experience and stuff are you ever gonna run for office or something <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if we'll be that far ahead <laughs> by the time i could do that um <laughs> no that'll be way too much work honestly oh <laughs> uh. But um, I guess now, like, you know, you finish your course and then then what do you see yourself doing? Um, I guess after this program is done, um, yeah, I would I would like to work with sex work advocacy groups, still continuing sex work mm. um, myself, likely. But yeah, I guess. I'll see what I'm doing when that time comes. <laughs> so someone, um, I guess, watching the podcast uh, says, oh, man, that girl, she's so cool. I want to do what she does. Mm-hmm. What should they know? Um, well, this is something that um, I had actually talked about in the article with Global Halifax um, on the masses of people entering OnlyFans during COVID-19. Um and I think, like, I would have to say that people really need to consider whether this is something that they want to do. Because sex work right now um, is glamorized in a way, which is also, like, not helpful. It's not, like, a helpful stereotype to think, like, this is glamorous work. Um, because you're putting yourself at risk, regardless of whether it's online sex work or, like, full-service sex work. You're still putting yourself at risk by having these conversations with people, by putting out erotic images of yourself, like, and if you're uncomfortable with the fact that, like, your family might know that you do this or your friends might think differently, then, like, you really need to weigh the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. That and, like, just having, like, the strength and confidence to be able to set boundaries, too, um... Because not everybody can. And that can really bite you in the ass. Like, (laughs) if you're not able to set those boundaries for yourself and be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yes, you have to pay me now. And, you know. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to pay you after the next 20 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, I've got 5,000 lined up for you, baby. Like, (laughs) no. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, anyway, do people really fall for that, do you think? Um like the people promising big, mm. oh yeah oh, oh yeah Cause like, do you find um that happens more in sugaring than online sex work um i think both oh, yeah okay. i think it can happen with both um and i guess it like opens up kind of manipulative situations where sometimes people will reach out and they won't be willing to come through on these offers but they might say oh i've got a lot of money for you i can like provide all these things for you and for someone who's like just starting out with sex work they might be like either more naive or just like in a financial situation where like they really need that money Mm. um and sometimes that want can mess with your you know thought patterns that you might normally have um to make a good decision for yourself mm. yeah you kind of get wrapped up in that fantasy of like oh this rich man is going to take care of me now <laughs> it's like well that not might not ever happen yeah, so, um, yeah. what's that film called pretty woman i don't even it's super okay. old but yeah. it's like this lady she, i don't know if she's actually a pro, um like a sex worker but like she meets this rich guy and then they fall in love and mm. it's old but yeah anyway something like that yeah um okay fine uh thank you so much for giving me all this time but i want to ask this one last question though um what is the difference between well, not like i mean the the name is clear so there's many vids and then online uh, only fans as online fans yeah. like w- what's the advantage disadvantage of being on each one or the other um I think both have their advantages and disadvantages. Um, ManyVids is really great. Mm. Um, they are a Canadian organization based in Montreal, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and with them, it's like 
the I believe the founder was a sex worker herself um, and their payouts are really organized and it's like a very sex worker positive community. Mm. Um, so that's great. Um, I think both can have their disadvantages where um, just given like FOSTA and SESTA, sometimes companies will run into mm. issues with like creditors or banks where like payments are slowed down and yeah. yeah. I remember what I want to ask. So Pornhub, well, not Pornhub, but basically there was kind of a... Was it Trafficking Hub? Yeah. 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 What's, yeah. The, what's that about? Um, so Trafficking Hub is actually run by an organization called Exodus Cry, which is related to cult activity in the United States through I'm the... sorry, what? I know, right? <laughs> like, because they have this face, they have this face, and that's why they gained popularity so quickly, was, like, being pro-woman, being pro-sex worker, like, well, not necessarily pro-sex worker, but just, like, saving sex workers was kind of their MO. Um, Exodus Cry. Yeah, so they're... That's a weird name. I know. It's like, <laughs> they're a part of, even weirder, IHOP, International House of Prayer in the States, which is like, I know, yeah, two different two different IHOPs, um, but they are directly linked to or associated with being a cult. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, Pornhub should close because Pornhub is trafficking people. Well, yeah, did that, that link to the, the case that... So there was this thing that actually happened and it happened on Pornhub and it was this guys that will get these ladies to come to like some mm-hmm. city and they'd lie and then they'd ha- film them girls do porn or something yeah yeah so yeah. was that kind of where it bounced off of I think that these conversations have been happening for a while especially amongst religious groups like conflating um sex or sex work with sex trafficking mm. um and also from like an outside perspective, like there are issues with Pornhub where like anyone can upload a video. So mm-hmm. like it's not always videos that are consensual. They do try to take everything down that isn't, um, but it would be like next to impossible for them to do that. But I mean, as is the Internet. Um, but like the fact is, is that a lot of sex workers use, use Pornhub. And for some people, that is their primary income. Um, and while it's not a perfect tool, it's like one of the better tools Wait, that we have. Wait, income on Pornhub. Oh, yeah. so it kind of works like YouTube, your views, they pay out on views? Yeah. Holy so shit, I didn't know this. Hmm. It does. And okay. on top of that, they also have Model Hub. So it's like more of a similar setup to OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. okay. Hmm. The more mm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know I said last question three questions ago but seriously this is the last one okay. though. <laughs> <laughs> um the i guess when it comes to like where, where do you draw the line this is us and this is like content um like between me and my partner mm. yeah i think that's a good that's a good question i was just having this conversation with a friend of mine who is also a online sex worker the other day actually where she was saying that like she sometimes will feel almost a little guilty um asking her partner to like stop what they're doing and like maybe film some content or trying to schedule content um especially during covid like it brings up a lot of stress for people and sometimes you're not as sexually active and that's totally okay but then it's like okay i still need to make an income and we still need to um put content out there i think like with myself and my partner we're like in a pretty good um flow where like we have the like the benefit of of having a good sexual life um and really good communication so if something's happening then like we can just be like okay let's take a video of this and then continue whatever we were doing um or like scheduling times to make content yeah okay yeah no i said that was the last question but (laughs) 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 um like i guess um so you you've been together how long now it's been just over a year and a half yeah exactly but like how easy was he like did you have to work out to get him to make content with you and um not really (laughs) (laughs) i think like you know we've had our struggles just like any um couple does like with feelings of jealousy and feelings of um like tension too but like 
where we can just stop and talk about it and be like, okay, like, how does this make you feel? And like, how can we make this better for both of us? Mm. Yeah, I think that's, that's really important, especially when you're doing something like sex work. Mm. So communication is key. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That was the last one for real. Now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having no, me No, no, Chili, really this has been awesome. Um, And I think what you're doing is great. And I, I, you know, I know I, I said you need a bigger megaphone and you're like, no, you're <laughs> fine here, but really you should think about it. And thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is the Blackout Podcast. Thanks for listening.